Welcome to the Locked on Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We are going to jump into Mike Vrabel's Zoom conference from Thursday. We got a lot of interesting notes when we heard from John Robinson in Monday's show. So today we are going to keep that going with a lengthy interview with head coach Mike Vrabel. And he gave a lot of really good information, in my opinion. Talked about his questions about training camp and the process and the procedure. Talked about some virtual standouts in any way that you really can stand out virtually. Talked about a little about his defensive mindset in terms of play calling and the hierarchy of defensive assistance. I thought that was a very interesting nugget. So I'm going to break all of that down with you guys. Got things kind of segmented out here in terms of the macro things as we did on Monday with John Robinson, some of the uh, player-specific and football-specific things in segment two, and then of course in segment three talking more about the social issues, the comments that Mike Vrabel had to say again after his initial statement talking about how Ryan Tannehill's leadership and Derrick Henry's leadership has impacted his views, and he even talked about some of his past experiences with him as a player that has shaped his views on these subjects. So thought that was really important to include as well, and I'm excited to give it all to you guys. Remember, on Friday, we are going to have our Friday mailbag, so make sure that you're following me on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans, and sending all of your questions to me there. Also, make sure that you are subscribed to the Locked on Titans podcast on Apple Podcasts, following us on Spotify, or whatever platform that you do stream your podcast, as I will be continuing to give you guys content throughout the all season but with all of that said it is time to dive into Mike Vrabel's Zoom conference let's get it start things off by talking about the virtual offseason program. So the NFL gave the Titans an extension, well, gave the entire NFL an extension on their virtual offseason program, but the Titans decided last week on Thursday to end their virtual program and not take advantage of the extension that the NFL provided. And Mike Vrabel talks about why they decided to do that, and his answer is pretty interesting. Of course, audio is courtesy of TennesseeTitans.com. Uh, to be involved with um, to making sure that they worked out and, and got on these meetings and, and our rookies to, to be involved in a rookie program and get brought up to speed at, as best that they possibly could. Um, and so I felt like this was the right time. I felt like it was it, I didn't want it to drag. I didn't want to see these long faces in the meeting. And I felt like they continued to be engaged. And um, as we started to add individual units and to, to groups and back secondary to, to linebackers and linebackers at D-line and started adding those groups and the receivers and the quarterbacks and then started working the tight ends and the running backs. So uh, that that's kind of what we did. And um, to, to your other question about bringing them in, if we could have brought them in, you know, I think, you know, they were, they were talking about, you know, working through some sort of phase one and, and, conditioning and you know, meeting and I, I, that wasn't something that I really took into consideration. Um, I, I anticipate an earlier start to training camp. And so I felt like in order to allow for our players and their families 
uh, to be emotionally and physically ready for the season. I wanted to try to give them uh, some of that time as well as our coaching staff so that we could come back uh, fresh and ready. Obviously, Vrabel and the entire Titans organization places a major premium on the work-life balance, so I thought it was interesting that the Titans decided to end that off-season program early, even though they could have kept going, and I think the reasons that Mike Vrabel gave there uh, about spending time with family, resetting your mind, being fresh, I think all of that makes great sense. Now, uh, one thing that Mike Vrabel talked about next is, are there any positives that you can take from the unusual off-season virtual program that the Titans had to do? I think what it did, it, it forced me to... Um... To, to realize how great our coaching staff is and how creative they are and what kind of teachers they are to be able to adapt to this virtual setting. Um, again, I thank them in front of the team. Um, I, I was in every meeting and, 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 and instead of you, you fall into this rut of having to have team meetings every single day and, and stand up in front of them and, and talk about the things that I want to talk about. But in the end, uh, those coaches know those players better than anybody. And those six running backs that are in that room with Tony Dews working through protections and working through uh, routes and working through run schemes, uh, that, that's what I felt like they needed. And, and so that's what really it forced us to do was to, to break things down and to, to have a lot of individual meetings so that these guys could improve on their details uh, within the calls uh, and, and the time to come together, um, which we, we have to as a football team and, and obviously as a society it is going to be uh, when we get these guys back for training camp. And speaking about having guys back in the building, Mike Vrabel was allowed to return to the team facility last week on Monday. What were his thoughts on just being back in his office? Well, it's just good to be back um, here. This is our, this is our home away from home. That's where we're comfortable uh, as coaches and, and players, and, and I feel bad, you know, for them that they can't come in. And I, and I understand, and I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that these guys have a routine, and this, these guys that have chosen to make Nashville their home um, would normally be able to come in here and and be able to train and be able to um, use our training room. And unless they're on the rehab list, that 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 that's not possible. So. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm thankful that I can do it, but I'm also uh, somewhat, you know, sad that our players can't and then they have to find other ways to, to prepare. Right now, the only way that the players can prepare, in a sense at least, in team-organized activities was through that virtual off-season program. So does that off-season program and all of the classroom work that they've been doing change at all the way that Mike Vrabel looks at the training camp schedule or what needs to be installed? No, I think it's, I mean, we're still going to have an installation schedule when we come back. And, you know, normally what you do is you, you install something um, during phase one and phase two. You'll start back with that installation. When you go to OTAs, you'll start back over. You'll take a break and then you'll come back and you're going you're gonna to reinstall uh, from install one when you get to training camp. So, We'll, we'll we'll get to training camp and we'll go back to install one. And, and any time you, that you leave the classroom, it's going to look differently on the field. Motions are going to look quicker. Uh, breaking the huddle and getting lined up is going to have to be quicker. 
And so those are all the, the growing pains that you're going to have to live with year in and year out of training camp that when you leave the meeting room, you have to take the, and then you're going to have walkthroughs and you know, we're going to try to do everything that we can, that we would normally do um, when we go to, to finally practice. And I think everyone can relate to that kind of message. You can read every book in the world, watch every instructional video, hear a teacher or an instructor break it down for you. But until you actually get a chance to do something hands-on, and in this case, go out and actually play football and run the plays that you're expected to to run and know, you know, if the defense lines up this way, well, we only, you know, talked about it this way. All of the different circumstances and scenarios that can actually take place when you're doing something, not just playing football, really anything, anyone can relate to, to this feeling. Well, obviously, actually putting it into practice is going to be more beneficial than just simply learning in a classroom. But since the classroom portion of the offseason is technically over for now, what is the plan between now and the beginning of training camp? No, I mean, guys will come in. I mean, the coaches are going to be off. Like, it's a long season. These guys have family. Their 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 ability to go watch uh, baseball games or go swim with their kids or, or go on vacation is is important uh, to me that they uh, that they do that. And when we find a schedule, uh, when I know that when we're going to come back, uh, then I'll make the schedule accordingly for us to come back and. Um, you know, make sure that we're ready to go for training camp and for the season. But you know, we're going to still be able to continue to to use our computers and to have access wherever we're at. And if they choose to come in here, uh, they they can choose to come in here. But you know, these guys need some time off. They need to spend some time with their families um, and and make sure again, like the players, that they're you know the coaches don't have to be physically ready, but they have to be mentally prepared uh, for a long season. And finally. What are Mike Vrabel's expectations for training camp? What sort of questions does he have about that process and that procedure? I thought this little bit was uh, really insightful. Vrabel obviously has a ton of questions. There's a lot of unknown right now, and some of the questions that he raises are are very good ones. So take a listen. It's just the flow of the player when they walk in in the morning and try to do that and look see what that looks like. like. How many guys can be in a hot tub? How many guys can be in a training room? Um, how many guys can lift and what time you want to lift. And some guys like to lift before practice. Some guys like to lift after practice. Uh, what, what the flow through the, the lunchroom looks like and how the boxed lunch has to be and no buffet. Uh, how many guys can sit at a table and how you space that out? Um, it, the meeting rooms, like you mentioned, you know, how, how do you do a team meeting room with, with 90 players and, um, how do you do an offensive and defensive unit meeting? And so we're looking at all that, Jim, and, and I'm confident that, that, that everybody within the organization is going to um, help us uh, do that and, and make it as, as seamless as possible. It's going to look different. I mean, I told the players it's going to look different, but, you know, we, we're still going to be here for, for a reason, and that's to prepare for a season, a, a successful season. Those are some really good questions that right now I don't know that anyone has an answer to. It's it's just a difficult proposition. We're seeing this all around the sports landscape. Baseball is on the brink of not having a season. Uh, basketball is having a lot of uh, debate right now between its players as to whether and whether or not they want to play, not just due to COVID, but obviously the the social issues going on in our country right now. So it's just very difficult to have professional sports 
with social distancing. I mean, that's what it comes down to. So a lot of questions that will need to be answered by the NFL between now and the beginning of training camp. We are going to get into more player-specific, football-specific questions that were answered by Mike Vrabel in our next segment. Before we do that, I want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com. So we all know the process of getting your car repaired. You can go to a dealership. You can go to a mechanic, uh, get the price that they give you, not know what parts that they're buying, how much the parts are. Are you getting a good price? Uh, Are you being overcharged? Uh, It's hard to tell, especially if you're not a quote-unquote car guy who's constantly working on cars and things like that. It can be daunting. It can be intimidating, especially with all the questions that you get asked There's tons of different makes and models now, uh, different types of cars. You could have an Odyssey LX, uh, an EX, a Sport Mode. You know, there's so many different variations to cars now, it's hard to know exactly what you're looking for. So it's easier, in my opinion, to avoid the storefront chain auto part stores or going to a dealership where you don't know if you're going to get the right information, you don't know if you're getting a price markup. If you go to rockauto.com, you can save yourself a ton of time, a ton of hassle by not answering all these questions for these different people in the stores or the dealership. Uh, It shows you plainly on the screen what you're looking for and what you need, and you know that you're going to get it for the best price possible. You're not going to get an upcharge from one of these other places that I've mentioned where they could have you spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same parts. Then you could buy them directly from rockauto.com and then either install them yourself or just pay labor to have those parts installed. So either way, you're going to save yourself a ton of money, save yourself a ton of time, save yourself a ton of runaround as well. Rockauto.com is a family business and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years and if you go to rockauto.com it's not just the auto parts that you're going to find but you're going to find body parts too if you need those anything from carpet to tail lamps to motor oil to brake parts control modules for your engine it doesn't matter whether it's your classic car your daily driver and a few easy clicks you can get exactly what you need for the right price delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique It's easy to navigate. Like I've said, very, very easy website to understand and know exactly what you want and help you choose the right parts for any vehicle, any brand, any specification whatsoever. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. Like I said, it doesn't matter if you're a professional or just a do-it-yourselfer. Why spend twice as much for the same exact parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the how did you hear about us box. Once again, they have a box on their website when you buy the parts that says how did you hear about us. In that box, right locked on, so you know they know that you came from the Locked On Titans podcast. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Okay, so what I thought was the most interesting part of Rabel's conference call was where he talked about the defensive roles for his assistants. I mean, he didn't go too in-depth 
but he dropped a little bit of a nugget that should give us an indication on who may be calling defensive plays or at least the process. So here, Mike Vrabel just starts off talking about not having Dean Pease, but it leads him into dropping this little nugget. I'll let you guys check it out. Well, I think uh, you know how important Dean Pease is to, to me and these players that have been around him, not only on our team, but other other teams and just in this league, the impact that he's made on their lives as players and people. Um, but I'm very comfortable with the staff and excited about the staff, the addition of Jim Hazlitt and uh, Matt Edwards on defensive side, Zach Kerr. And, you know, Shane, I've told the defense, I've show, I've told the defense that Shane Bowen is going to, it's going to help me uh, and it's going to be um, the voice in there when I'm not there. You know, so, Shane and I are going to, you know, we'll figure out how we're going to proceed going forward. But um, I, I love where we're at right now in our communication and and how we've been able to approach uh, these meetings and and organize. And when we get to the next step, then we'll, we'll, we'll figure out what we're going to do from there. Boom. Boom. That's the nugget. Shane Bowen is the defensive coordinator. And if you recall, when we listened to Shane Bowen's conference call uh, last week, I was incredibly impressed with how articulate, well-spoken, and and detail-oriented he was. The way he talked about breaking down players, the way he talked about scouting his own players, how they need to improve all of that. It was just, it was impressive. And it's clear that he's able to communicate very well. And that's the most important thing for a coach or a teacher or anything whatsoever. So to me, that right there is Shane Bowen could be making the calls regardless of the play calling Shane Bowen is the defensive coordinator Mike Vrabel is the head coach he's got to be in all the meetings special teams offense defense all of that when he's not in the defensive meeting room Shane Bowen is the one who is leading the room Shane Bowen is the defensive coordinator whether or not he has the title or not in terms of play calling I'm going to talk a little bit more about that after this next answer but basically what happened was I believe it was John Glennon kind of pressed Mike Vrabel later on to talk more about Bowen's role and how that impacts play calling and of course Mike Vrabel is always got very, very testy in his response, but did give us a little bit more information. I'm going to continue to be the head coach, John. And so I'm going to continue to try to to be in the special teams meetings. And I'm going to continue to try to be uh, in the offensive meetings. And I think I can provide input. Uh, and, and again, I trust our staff um, and on all levels. And so if I, for whatever reason, am not in the defensive meeting room while the entire defense is meeting, um, Shane would be the one that would um, probably be talking to him al- along with some other coaches if we were making presentations on ball disruption or you know third down. Um, so so again, that's it's kind of where we're at. As far as having three or four signal callers based on a down and distance or if it's third or fourth down or a run, you know we're, we're going to have one call and I'm not really sure who's going to make that call right now. Uh, just like there were times where I wanted things called and let let Dean know, and there were times that 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 Dean made a call. So you know, there's going to be one call that goes into the huddle, uh, and it's going to be the the one that we think is going to give the players the best chance to be successful. Okay, so let's talk about what Vrabel said there at the very end of that statement. Basically, he's saying that last year Dean Pease is calling the plays, but but. If Rabel wanted to play call, all he had to do was tell Pease, hey, we need to go with the cover two cross dog. 
Or, you know, I'm not going to sit here and try to, I don't know the Titans' defensive play calls or terminology. I'm not going to try to make it up. But you guys know what I mean. If Rabel thought that man coverage was working, if Rabel thought that uh, cover six cloud coverage was working best, all he had to do is tell Dean Pease, hey, on the next third and six or less, I want to run this play. And I have a feeling, based on these last two comments that we got from Vrabel, that Shane Bowen will be calling the plays, but Vrabel will be adding in his recommendations a lot more frequently than he did with Dean Pease. So right now, if I had to bet money, my bet on the structure of defensive play calling based on what Vrabel just said here is that Shane Bowen will call the plays normally, but Vrabel will have a major influence, a major impact, and offer plenty of suggestions. So that's my bet right now if I had to place one. I thought, like I said, that was the most interesting part of Rabel's press conference, but then he transitioned into talking more about the players and, and what he's seen from them. And Here he talks about things that that he doesn't know about the team right now that normally by this time in the process he would know. Sure. I mean, I, I, you, you don't know what their conditioning level is. You know, that was something that I could, as a coach and, and Frank, that Todd, we could monitor uh, their conditioning level. Um you know, it's going to be important that we focus on fundamentals, making sure that we don't just gloss over to fundamentals when we get when we get to camp, because the, the phase two and the phase three that allows for to fundamental football, you know, uh, without pads during the spring. And so that's those are things that I've been thinking about making sure that we don't just gloss over and say, hey, let's just rush into to two minute um, or all these situations when, when we have to to make sure that there's a foundation and a base uh, for for our football season, which with everything that gets tough, you have to rely on fundamentals. And so I'll be conscious of that uh, to making sure that we, you know, don't gloss over that and that's the, the tackling and all those things that you talk, though, all those fundamentals for each position and, and for each side of the ball, ball security, take care of the football, uh, trying to get the football out. All those things can't get glossed over. Um, because we've missed uh, you know a few weeks of that. Vrabel makes a good point there. You can't miss out on fundamentals that are so important to the game because you're in a hurry to install offense and defense and things like that. And Vrabel talks a little bit more about his concern and how much technique players are technique work players are missing out on and if that will impact them. Yeah, I mean we're we're going to always, you know, there's nothing more important in the health of the football team, so Terry, again, when we would normally have left here um, after minicamp, those players would have gone back. Some would stay here. Some would go back to their hometowns, and they would train. And guys have trainers. They Everybody has somewhere that they go. They have a routine. And so, you know, I'm confident that they'll do that, but we'll also still make sure that we we have an evaluation of them from a, from a fitness level um, and a conditioning level. Um, we'd also track body weights for nine weeks. We'd also said, hey – you know, watching you move around, this is where you're at. And, and there wasn't an official way in, but we could monitor that and see where guys is what we thought their ideal or optimal body weight, playing weight was. Uh, we'll have to continue to monitor that when they get back here to make sure that um, that's something that's the best for them and the best for the team. And then you mentioned that the the fundamentals, and I, I can't say it enough. I, I, it's, it's my charge to make sure that we're a fundamental football team that we're, we're using the proper fundamentals so that we avoid penalties uh, during the play, but it also allows us to do our job because, you know, the talent level is so, um, it's so close week in and week out 
that uh, that technique sometimes is going to be the determining factor in, in whether somebody does their job or or somebody has an advantage. Speaking of technique, the wide receiver position is historically technique-driven. How does Mike Rabel evaluate the young group of wide receivers he has behind the big three in these circumstances? Right, right now they're they're answering all the questions and they're and they're memorizing the routes and the arrows. And and when there's another when there's another body over there against them on the field, then then we'll figure out um, if they can get lined up quick enough. Can they motion to the right spot? And can they beat man coverage and can they sit down and, and, and be a target for the quarterback in zone coverage? But right now, Luke, until you know, we go out there and practice, uh, that's going to be real difficult for me to determine. Uh, yep, they, they know what to do, but can they go out there and can they execute it um, versus, versus another player on the field? And until Vrabel is able to actually see what these guys can do on the field, how are the Titans testing the knowledge and and making sure that their players are soaking in all of the information that they've gotten in these virtual programs? Well, they got these things called like Quizlets now, and um, let me check on my phone. I got the app. I got to got to remember the name. Um, but you go on there and. Uh, you press in their code and then all of a sudden everybody's on there and they're going, uh, going against each other and you get points for like time and, and getting it correct. And so we do a great job of, of being creative and, and testing, um, testing the players, you know, each week, whether that's through a jeopardy type game or, you know, again, just trying to keep them engaged and, and get the group together and, and see how everybody's learning. You ask them questions through virtual settings. You know, the one thing we do is we ask a lot of questions. We try not to say, hey, does anybody have any questions? Because usually nobody raises their hand except for media people. But um, normally if you ask a group full of football players, hey, does anybody have any questions? They're not going to ask a question. So you have to do a lot of direct teaching and you have to ask questions so that you can identify who knows uh, the material. And if they don't know it, then you can you can fix it quickly. I can't help but find it pretty dang funny that NFL coaches have just been turned into teachers. That's it. That I mean, coaching since the dawning of time is just teaching in sports. So, I mean, the, the connection there is obvious, but literally they're in a virtual classroom. They're given quizzes and online testing websites with scores and trackers and asking anybody got any questions before we dismiss. Oh, it's so funny in my head to just imagine NFL football players basically going back to college and NFL coaches basically becoming college professors. So there is something funny in there that I, that I can't help um, but laugh at. So that is going to do it for the player and team specific portion. In our third segment, I am going to give you some of Mike Vrabel's quotes about the social issues going on, his thoughts, um, also his thoughts on you know the players and their platform, some of his experiences as a player, and also a, a random question in there on his thoughts about personal trainers. Before we jump into that, though, I do want to remind you guys about Built Bar. I have told you about all of my favorite flavors, the banana nut bread, the peanut butter brownie, the salted caramel chocolate. We've talked quite a bit about all of the amazing flavors that they have, 16 of them to be exact, 8 chocolate and nut-free, 8 chocolate and nut flavors, 100% real chocolate. The bars are covered in, not that processed stuff that you're used to. They're soft and easy to chew, not dry and crumbly. They're also 
also incredibly healthy, can help you lose or maintain weight all while it feels like you're eating a treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, but I want to take this time to tell you about what Built Bar is doing right now. So at this moment in time, Built Bar has everything, once again, everything on their website, 50% off, and not just that, but all of their profits will be donated to local or national charities. So no better time to take advantage of the Built Bar offer. Use code Locked On at BuiltBar.com. Not only will you get $10 off your first order, but you're also getting that 50% off rate on everything on their site. And you'll know that the profits that they get from your order will go directly to charity. So there's no better time to take advantage of the Built Bar offer. Once again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On to take advantage. And make sure that you're tagging me on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans, sending me a picture, letting me know that you took advantage of this offer. I'll make sure to give you a shout out on the show and retweet you. thing that I wanted to play here in our final segment of the show today is Rabel talking about, so in this virtual setting, well I guess let's go back even further, the Titans typically will give out off-season awards due to people who work really hard and, and lead by example, and of course in the classroom setting it's hard to really have standouts, but Rabel talks about if anybody really caught his eye in terms of their work. You know, Steve, I would say I really appreciate the first question because I've actually been thinking about it since I've been back in the building. Um, John and I, um, you know, there's four spots out there in the front by the door uh, that, that we've reserved as part of the package for those performers of the offseason. And there's no signs on those polls now. And so as I've left here the last couple of days, I've thought, you know, is that something that we want to do? And I think that it is. And that'll be something that I continue to think about uh, over over the next you know couple weeks, you know, just to honor those guys that that really showed a um, a, a great improvement and, and put a lot into it. Um, you know, one one name that's probably not going to jump off the the depth chart is is Rashard Davis. You know, it was a young receiver that that we had here last year that, that played some for us that um, made made a couple big catches down the stretch. Um, I think he's really put a lot into it. And um, so is most of the other guys. I think AJ and Corey and their leadership in the wide receiver room. Um, you know, I think I think a lot of the players have. And and for me to go down there and and, and you know name a bunch of guys right now, I don't think is, is fair to to anybody. And I would just say that I miss my players, I miss seeing them. I, I, I see the few that come in for rehab. And it makes me um, realize why I want to do this and coach and try to make an impact um, on these players. And so when we get back to training camp, we're going to, you know, everybody's going to compete and everybody's going to have an opportunity. Some guys will have more opportunity than others. That's how it goes. But everybody's going to have an opportunity and hopefully they've done enough to take advantage of it uh, when they do get them. 
Someone who we know will always be ready to take advantage of his opportunity is Derrick Henry. So Mike Vrabel here talks about Derrick Henry's role going forward, the type of example that he can lead, and I think he gives some really good nuggets about what makes Derrick Henry so special. We anticipate that Derrick's going to come back in fantastic shape. We, we think that, you know, this isn't a, you know, you don't, you don't, to run the ball or to do anything in this league, you just don't give it to one guy and say, um, go beat 11 guys. You know, we understand it takes all 11 players. It takes, takes the receivers blocking in a run game. Um, it, it takes the offensive line to, to get on and move guys in the lineup to the line of scrimmage. Uh, and, and certainly Derek um, had, had a great season, but you have to come back every year in this league and, and be able to, to do something better because everybody else is trying to get better. So, I think that the leadership is something that he'll continue to develop and it's hard in this virtual setting. It's very difficult, you know, because there are some guys that, um, you know, I would say during those off season OTAs and those phase one and phase two is when they're conditioning and they see guys, see how hard they work and how committed they are to, to taking care of their body and, and the nutrition. And that's probably something that Derek, I think would um, strive in, in which he has done in the past and maybe not the biggest vocal leader, but, I think he does a great job of, of leading by example when he's here. And so those are things that we're going to have to get back to when we get back to training camp. I really like the part uh, talking about Derrick Henry's nutrition in there. That's something that I've talked about when discussing how he may be different than the other examples of running backs we've seen get big contracts just because of his level of commitment, uh, his overall incredible athleticism and his body he may just be a rare rare breed he may be a unicorn guys it's definitely a possibility and another person that led this team last year was Ryan Tannehill so Mike Vrabel talks about Tannehill's leadership and and how he can be a part of leading a team and having a player-led team you know I think that player-led teams are always going to be um I would I would think the the better team you know, we, John and I can hold players accountable and and we can do our best, but the best teams that I've been a part of have been, you know, player led and the players hold um, each other accountable. And and I'll still, and John will still have a large factor in that, but uh, that they can lead. And, you know, I thought that that was great. The guys that, that went out there and did that with, with Ryan. Um, and so, you know, we had a team meeting and then asked if, if, to hear from guys, you know, I didn't want to make it formal and call on guys and, you know, the guys that chose to speak, um, you know, I appreciate it because I, I said, yo, at least, you know, you, you guys are, we're all speaking the same language and we see it through the same set of eyes. And they talked about, you know, reaching out to guys and making sure that, you know, you're, you're still finding ways to, to stay in contact with, with players in your position group or making great decisions about, when you do things socially or when you go out or making great decisions on when to train and when to take vacation. Um, so all, all those guys that, that spoke, um, I, you know, I was proud of the things that they said in there. Rabel continues to talk about his players speaking up and leading when he gets into his thoughts about the platform that his players have. I, I would say that the first thing is I think it's a, it's a, um, we have a, a very important platform um, as coaches and, and especially players in the National Football League, that um, the things that we say 
um, are going to carry more weight than the things other people say. And the people that don't have that same voice or platform, you know, we have to speak for them and we have to make sure that that we're carrying and we're leading the charge for them. And I think that I would say that more players have done that this time and I'm, and I'm proud of them and I'm proud to be a part of that group, uh, both as a player and as a former player and now as a coach. It's, it's an unbelievable honor to be associated with, with people like that especially in the National Football League. Um, I, I don't think that the discussions as a player, you know, were what they are today or what they've been uh, recently. Um, you know, it's just about being being a, a great teammate, being a great husband, being a, being a great friend, um, earning, earning your right to the team based on your – ability to help the team, your toughness, um, your accountability, uh, your performance. And so that's why it was, uh, it didn't matter. Race didn't matter. You know, how much money you had didn't matter. What your religion was never mattered. Um, so it wasn't talked about as much. And so now um, I think it's been really good to be able to have those conversations and hear our players talk um, and try to understand and empathize with what they've um been through what their families have been through what their um, parents have been through and you know what the talk meant to um some of our minority assistant coaches what that talk meant and you know the talk to me wasn't the same what the talk meant to them and so it brings great perspective um so i think that this has probably um been my best experience with with having those those conversations of course, Rabel had conversations as a player as well with different teammates who helped shape his views and his thought process on current issues. And he talks about his experiences as a player and in different locker rooms as well. Well, I would say that I was been very fortunate since the time that I entered into uh, the National Football League to, to be around uh, great players. Um, and, and, and a lot of them, you know, African-American. Dermani Dawson, Cordell Stewart, LaVon Kirkland, uh, Greg Lloyd, uh, Carnell Lake. I mean, these, these guys were, were, were men when I was a, when I was a boy, when I was a 21 year old naive, um, defensive end from Ohio state. And then that transitioned on to the new England Patriots and, and players like Willie McGinnis and Rodney Harrison, Loyal Malloy, Ty Law, um, Troy Brown. So when you look at our football team, you know, and you listen to them and you, and you, 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 you hear their experiences, you, know, you, you have to try to um, find some empathy and understand that we shared as we grew up and as we are today, different experiences. And they talked about the pain and, the numbness and when those players say that and the apprehension to make a stand in fear of uh, losing their job or, or not getting a career off or started that maybe um, they were a young player, you know, that that's, that's real. And that's something that, that, that we now have to take notice of and, and, and try to help them uh, and make this, um, make this a positive change for, for everybody.
All right, guys, that is going to wrap up the highlights from Mike Vrabel's Zoom conference. Once again, we did full episodes on these where typically I just chop it up and give you one segment of highlights. But the reality is we might not hear from anyone related to the Titans until a month and a week, uh, maybe six weeks, depending on when they decide to go ahead and start training camp. So I thought it was important to give you all of the possible information that I could. Now that you are done with this edition of the Locked On Titans podcast, make sure to check out the Locked On NFL podcast. Never a bad time to take in the national news. There's a lot going on around the NFL right now that isn't Titans related, so make sure that you check up on that. It's a wonderful show over there. Once again, that's the Locked On NFL podcast, but that is going to do it for our Wednesday show. I'm sure some of you will be hearing this on Thursday morning, but I will be back with you guys on Friday. Once again, send in your mailbag questions to me at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter, or if you don't have a Twitter and want to put it in an Apple five-star review, I won't be mad at you there, and I check those as well. So I do appreciate you guys, and I will be back with you on Friday, as I said. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this is was locked on tight.